Hello, On Relating listeners. Thanks for joining us. Today, I interview Kendra Kunoff. She is uh, really a deep human being, has worked many, many years on herself and with others, really, really getting at the heart of the matter, which is really how we, how we think of ourselves, the, the scripts or the stories that we tell ourselves about who we are and what relationship is. And she brings a real, a real compassionate and yet incisive mind heart to, to the question of what, it, what does it look like to create truly meaningful, satisfying, enjoyable relationship. So without further ado, Kendra, enjoy. All right. Welcome, Kendra. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Um, so like I just asked all my, uh, all my interviewees, um, if you could just introduce yourself, just, um, like what you do in the world and, uh, what your some of your passions are and just some some nuggets of your life and where you are right now in your life. Gosh, so many interesting places to go with that. Um, maybe particularly because of how you reached out to me, I'll say I, I would introduce myself as a lifelong practitioner because we have mm-hmm. Zen practice, uh, at least in the past, in common. <laughs> that that no matter where I've gone with that or where I am today or how that plays out, I find that that is a, that's a thread that runs through. Uh And, and I, I, for me, that's present in my parenting. That's present in how I run my business. That's present in how I teach. Um, I think of, of practice both in the realm of, of our personal practices and then also relational practices. And, and so I'm the other thing that I would say about like, well, what am I up to in the world is that ultimately, ultimately, I think I hold the frame or the, the, the perspective, if you will, that everything is relationship. And so there's our relationship with ourselves, there's a relationship with other people all in the realm of, you know, family, friends, colleagues, intimate relationships, our relationship with, um, you know, what we often consider to be the inanimate world or also other nature, our relationship with God or spirit or, so there's all, it's just like that. And that's so much the realm that I work in, whether I'm working with couples or businesses, individuals, um, that's how it works. So you've arrived, it sounds like you've arrived at a place of just like uh, w- uh, just readiness to uh, work with who, who, who needs uh, help in navigating and deepening and uh, healing in this world of relationship. I think for the most part, that's true. There are definitely areas, you know, there are programs I run that are only for women. Mm-hmm. And I do not currently have any programs that are only for men. <laughs> um, uh, but I also do, you know, I, I created a program just in this past year called Relationship by Design Fundamentals. And one of the reasons was that I, I was, I'm so passionate about co-ed or um, 
you know, multi-gender, whatever, mm-hmm. actually so bringing people together in those spaces. And I think that that is just as important as the sort of the single sex or single gender work that, that we do. I really think there's a place for both. Yeah, me too. I kind of, I kind of miss that. I do a lot of men's, uh, circles, groups, and, uh, really, really, really see the, uh, the power of what happens when, mm-hmm. when it becomes multi-gendered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was actually, this is a funny story. It's, uh, so I taught a, f- a free class and I think it said for women, but maybe it wasn't really clear. It was called the relational reset. And and I had a man reach out in email. He got like the confirmation after having signed up. And he was like, oh, wait, is this just for women? And we were like, well, actually, yes. But, you know, you should probably watch the replay because it'll be really good. You know, like it actually relates. Mm-hmm. And then I got on the call and there was a man who at least one because I couldn't see all the faces on there. And he's someone I've worked with in the past. And I thought about, well, should I say something? This was a call for women. And then I was like, actually... I really think everything I'm going to teach it isn't gender based, and so I kind of wish I'd actually made it open. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it, yeah. It reminds me of a of a mentor of mine who um, who just happened to. I mean, it was a co. It was it was open to both genders, but you know, because so, it work in reverse, and it only women showed up. So you had eight women in this like tight group for five days and then you just really you know he never thought of himself like oh like you know i, I don't want to act like i'm gonna do women's groups i'm a man. but but there was something about what they got from actually being mentored by you know getting his like as a as a pretty you know as a as a elder like you know his perspective and um, helping them understand the male psyche more for instance and so it's just fascinating um so tell me more about like um, what, what you, what you mean by, you know, relationship by design. And if you could just kind of open up that, mm-hmm. that, that work for us a bit, and I can follow up with some questions and get in there. Mm-hmm. I think there's two pieces I would say right off the bat on why I like to use that term. Um, and one is that it often does um it almost like it bumps up against an unconscious belief that most of us have like wait you don't get to choose how it goes um i'm like actually you do (laughs) which is different than you know i get to say like i get to dictate all of the experiences and because relationship obviously is at least me and one other person um And so in doing that, I think that it often also, it starts to take us out of any boxes. And one of the things that I have definitely found is there's the obvious boxes that we could call like the overculture or the, uh, you know, anyway, however we want to describe like the, the, the culture at large, that's like, well, it's heterosexual, you know, you meet, you fall in love, you get married, you have a kid, you buy a house. Like, like there are those boxes that we can easily point to. And then, but then what I've seen is that people will often 
uh, get past that. They're like, oh, my relationship doesn't have to look like my parents or my, and, but then they're in some other community that holds other boxes for relationship. Like they get involved in a more progressive, you know, I don't know, I live near the Bay Area in California, right? Sort of could be polyamory, could be, and they're like, oh, like a successful relationship is polyamorous. And it's just another box. And so I like to, the the design piece is often also like actually any idea, like where, yeah, any idea. We don't have to fit into any any norm, whether it be the overculture or the current culture we're in. And then the other is, again, that design piece, I think it bumps up against this place where I really believe that we each have far more power or impact in how the relating goes around us than we tend to give ourselves credit for. Truly, yeah. So I'm imagining that you're supporting each individual to kind of like become more and more aware of of, of of these assumptions and where they've come from, whether it's their own family of origin or a culture um, and just begin to just externalize them, like really see them more like I'm doing this kind of more multidimensionally so that, so that they're not governed by them. So I'm, I'm kind of making, imagining mm-hmm. that. Is that, that partly what happens? Some of the work you do. I would say that definitely it's partly what happens. And because a lot of times these frameworks that we're in, I think either come very early on or even the idea that we should fit into some relational framework, it's almost like it becomes invisible okay. is that I find that working with people and I almost entirely work with groups. I do, I do take on, you know, a small amount of one-on-one clients, but a lot of the work I do is in groups. And, and so while we do work very individually and uniquely, it's also within these frameworks is, is that I find that, uh, that it's important to find the questions. Like if I just said, you know, what are the relational frameworks you're living inside of? People could name some, but mm-hmm. often it's the ones that are actually running the show. They're like, yeah, I don't, that, I, I don't even know that's there. Right? Like how would I even find it? And so questions like, you know, if you couldn't lose love, or if you knew no one would get angry, or um, any filling in sentence stems like I can't or else, mm-hmm. or I, ha- I have to, you know, starting to find what are those things and getting people to fill in generally has people find they're like, oh, I didn't even know I thought that. Right. And I'll, I'll just say personally, while it can be very beneficial to know where something comes from, I don't prioritize that because mm-hmm. uh, I think sometimes we can get like a little bit lost in like, yeah, but why do I have that belief? And I'm like, well, it may serve you at some point to know why you have it. And what's relevant in this moment is that you do like regardless of where it came from, you, you have it. So let's actually just work with like present time you who has this belief that you don't uh, like don't consciously ascribe to and yet you have it at the same time. So like, let's, let's be with that being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and then there's just kind of imagining again, like that there's just a natural process for them to 
to just get the support right in the group context to be like, do, is that true for me? Like, is that, do I want that to guide my choices? And it can be, I mean, we're just such social animals. Like just to have that reflection of like, no, you don't. I can take encouragement. Yeah. Imagine that's happening. Absolutely. And, and that's the place where, again, I think that first layer is, is just honesty. Mm-hmm. So often, either, you know, maybe we can bump up against shame, for sure. But also, that in some sense, I have to do something about that. Um, and so I really, like a big part of, and just about every space that I hold, I'm like, well, let's just be honest about what's so, right? right. Rather than being prescriptive. Let's just be descriptive. Let's go like, oh, I, I feel this way. Maybe I don't want to feel this way or I don't like that I feel this way. Like those are all true. It's true that I feel this way. It's true that I judge myself for feeling this way. It's true that I'm afraid that you're judging me. It's true. Like these are, they're just all like data points. Mm-hmm. This is just what's, what's so about it. And to some extent, uh, I mean, I think our role as coaches or teachers or guides, but also why I do like group work is that it often does create that space where one can bring forward things that may have been previously hidden into a non-judgmental witness. And I, and I really believe like the revealing in the space of non-judgmental witnessing is one of the most powerful transformational experiences that we can have. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. And and yeah. I'm just gonna kind of see how cold. I mean, you know, culturally, I just it just seems like it's so common, and 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 folks to to sk- somehow skip that or to, or or just get to the, try try and get to the like, well, what's the solution? Kind of like, how do I how do I get? This is obviously not something I want. This this kind of belief I've got. I just got what? So how do I get rid of it? And it just and kind of it just it stalls the 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 process of of um, moving towards being able to be um, I don't know I kind of just think of it as um, I guess just the the self towards the self acceptance that one 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 needs or is so extremely valuable to enter into intimacy or relationship. Totally. Yeah. And it's almost paradoxical. Again, I think there's that idea like, oh, but if I figure out what to do and then I do it faster, I'll get where I want to be faster. And there's this uh, seemingly paradoxical, like, oh, actually, if you become more intimate with where you're at, it actually speeds up the process of being able to determine, create a roadmap, take action on where we want to be. I had a mentor who used to say, slow down to speed up. Mm-hmm. And I think that relates to the particular <laughs> process. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have my kind of, obviously I have my answer, but I'm curious what you'll say. Like, what is, why, why, why do we not want to slow down? Why do people not want to slow down? Mm. I mean, at the, at a certain level, I want to say, I think it's uncomfortable. And maybe if I were to point to why do I think it's uncomfortable is usually there's something to feel. Uh, and what there is to feel is not even necessarily always unpleasant or inherently uncomfortable 
what we would consider that. But even I remember um, three years ago, it was like I caught myself. I, I noticed in a moment, I remember exactly where I was. I was in my car, I was at this stop sign and I like caught myself with this anxiety and or, or noticed, you know, brought to the surface that that was sort of running under the surface. And then I brought my attention to the actual truth of my life and everything was going really well, yeah. like better than I was like, my relationship's going really well. My kids are doing well. I have more money than I you know, had in a long time. My business is, you know, like I was like, and I realized that was uncomfortable. Actually things, and I start, so I started to regularly, almost like a mantra, like I don't, I'm not big on affirmations, but it was, it was a little bit like that. I'd be like, it's safe to feel good and it's safe for things to go well. It's safe for it to be easy. <laughs> and that was actually down. Uh-huh. And the discomfort was in this is like good. There's nothing for me to there's no fires to put out. There's nothing I, you know, there's nothing I need to do. And that was inherently uncomfortable. Yeah. So fascinating. Huh? At least it is to me in the moment. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of like I'm thinking of my own ver kind of my own version, which is like going to um so I had a kind of think of it as like a bad habit of just kind of email compulsivity and like scheduling and calendarizing like into the evening for like years. And it just happened like this last, I don't know, almost sad to say, like maybe the last five or six months. Um, I'm, I'm also happy to say that it started this, I started to actually go towards this kind of, the the passage was through this kind of discomfort of not of 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 not trying to speed up my life to not have the control of the emails or like kind of moving it forward you know and mm. instead actually just letting that lie and going into the sweet routine of actually like reading to my daughter and it felt <laughs> The, the reason I'm kind of bringing it up or the corollary is that it, it, it initially kind of felt uncomfortable or like I was getting away, like I was getting away with something in this mm. weird way or, and, and then I started sinking into it and uh, it became like this on the other side of the discomfort. It just became like the sweetest relief to be like, what's mm. done, what's done is done. Like I worked all day. I, you know, there's sure there's like, maybe there's probably these little flyers out there, but like, I want this, like this refuge I I need and my family needs and I'm going to like protect it. I'm going to like snuggle up with her in this bunk bed and I'm going to read the secret garden. And it's just, it's just increasingly a certain kind of, um, freedom and, uh, yeah, relief. It just kind of came to mind. Well, I'd share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and what I love about that is, is, is that reminder that it, it kind of goes back to this idea of, of design mm-hmm. and where 
we might think, I know what I want. And of course I'm moving in that direction or something like we think, we think we know, we think we're already. And then if, when we actually, again, become descriptive, like, I know I want this rest. I know I want this time with my daughter. I know, like, like I know all these things and yet I behave counter to that. Right. Um, and what are these mechanisms that, that run behavior deeper than like the, that we already, I already know what I want and I already know how to create it. And of course I'm doing everything I can. And then we're like, but actually I'm not. (laughs) I mean, I end up, I mean, I find us kind of ridiculous, like not you and I in particular, but just like, I'm just like, we're so delightful, you know? (laughs) Well, because we're so contradictory. I mean, it's like that we're, we, right, we have, we, we know, all right, and we know, like you're just saying, like, we have this mind that is accrued, especially by midlife, you're just like, oh, I, how many more fucking times do I have to, like, see myself do something yeah. that is so counter my well-being, what have you, you know? But it's just, we're, we're, we're play. I don't think there's enough, honestly, more and more, I just see there's, we're, there's not enough compassion for the fact that we at times are just governed by our immediate self, like <laughs> stimulus response. And there's just mm-hmm. no gap. And it's like, there's the brownie, you know, there's the email. And and we can't help, we can't help it. And then, and then we look back on it. And we're just like, Oh my God, I just fucking spent like a half hour, you know, just mindlessly on Instagram or something while I could have been doing, you know, and then we judge and it's this whole thing. It is, it's sad. It's ridiculous. And yet it, it, it is our condition that we're just grappling with. Yeah. So I would say two things about that. If I, um, sure. one is that one of the ways I like to work with this, like I just had a, it came up with two clients in two different ways just recently where one one client of mine is talking about um like a like a fighter she's got a fighter in her and there's a way that it can run you know kind of from the unconscious that's just like everything has to be a fight and life is going to be hard and she has to struggle to make things work and there's like a fighter she's like god i just want to get rid of that i want to let go like i know i don't have to fight anymore i'm like okay great that's that's one whole side where we can look at that whole piece and then i was like i and I've known her over time. So there's this thing I was like, I was like, but I love that one in you. That's a fighter. Like she's fucking scrappy. She's totally gotten your hair. Like she, she's just a badass. And I, and I just kind of love her. And so I actually tasked her. I was like, I want you to find something like boxing to actually give that part and go like, yeah, you know, you also get a seat at the table. Not like, how do I get rid of you? You're so annoying. You make my life so hard. Um, so how do we, you know, how do we work with it in terms of the relaxation, but also how do we honor these parts? And it was the same with a client I was talking to this morning who there's a, there's a, there's a dynamic in her relationship where, uh, she, she's seen as like the one who wants more or too much. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, I can actually get, there's one in you that's like voracious and insatiable. And actually 
you know, that's your practice. Like, great, there's the whole dynamic. I mean, there's so many things we can work with, but also one piece is, you know, you gotta, you gotta get right with that one. It's just like, I just, I like, it's true. It's true. I, there's never enough. And I want more relating and I want more sex and I want more time. And, and actually I'm insatiable <laughs> rather than judging that part. Yeah. Yeah. It flips the whole experience, right? Because I mean, it, yeah. something that, something that goes on when the, the minute we, we judge a part, and I mean, it just, it's, it, it's an internal war, right? It just, it's not going, it gets distorted too. I mean, yeah, I, I would say I would just to, you know, maybe flesh out my, maybe my more, my example even more. I mean, around like say the email, it's like, it's such a different, it's such a reframe. If I'm not like, God, why are you doing, why are you, email? you know, it's like, if I can see actually like, Wow, sweet! You're so conscientious. You just really want to make sure everybody's responded to. I'm like, oh yeah, I do. And then it's like, is it, would it be okay if we just kind of paused on that? We'll pick it up in the morning. Okay, mm-hmm. we can do that. It's like par- it's parenting, you know, ourselves in that way, parenting these parts, yes. <laughs> right? Because they so want to be seen. Because they're like, in the minute they just see that they're being, you know, construed or care, like portrayed as bad or like they're doing something wrong. It's just, oh God, then it gets really. Um, well, that was the second piece. And actually, mm-hmm. it, it, it's come up for me in different ways. But the first, the first place that I really saw this was in a lecture that Reb was giving at Tassajara. Oh, yeah. And he was talking about. Uh, it was something about, but he was basically talking about like our, I mean, again, this goes a little bit more like Zen Buddhism terms, but he was talking about like our ignorance is like the original not, but I used to say anything, anything like, like this behavior, whatever, there's just the, there's the original little not, but then our judgment is a not on top of it. And then we go like, Oh God, I did, you know, first of all, I did the thing that is just, just, that's just descriptive. And then there's like, oh my God, I did the thing. And then often, like the more self-aware we get, we're like, oh, now I'm judging myself for doing the thing. And it becomes like this endless chain of knots. And what I like to remind people is like, actually, we can just stop making, first of all, when we could try to undo the knots, certainly that's one, that's part of it. But actually, we can just stop making new knots at any point. Like that's like the first is just like, oh, I just, just no more knots on top of knots, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. what does that look like for for i mean because it 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 then it then kind of puts puts them in a place of having to just be really i mean just be present i think what that's part of it but i also mm-hmm. think the example that you gave is one too which is what's the what's the compassionate voice yeah and um you know, it really is one of the gifts of being a parent, I think, is is to see the parallels in the way that we can relate to ourselves and know that, um, you know, for instance, I treat my children to the best of my ability, but I treat them lovingly, even when I don't like them. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, how do I treat myself lovingly even when I don't like myself or I don't like something that I did? And the reminder that, because I think we do this as parents, but we also do this with ourselves, is this vacillation like, oh, I was, 
too lenient with myself and now I have to be too harsh. And then, oh, I feel bad, I was so harsh, now I'm gonna be like overly lenient. And there's like a ping-ponging between this rather than, oh, actually there's just there's really healthy boundaries to be set, but there's lovingness within that space. Like actually you're absolutely not allowed to speak to me that way. A child, a, another human being, or my own self. Like, no, 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 mm -mm. just because you're inside my own head doesn't mean you get to talk to me like that. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not like you horrible human being, you know, how could you ever, da, da, da. it's just like, mm -mm. Not, not allowed. And if I have to, I will walk away, you know, if that, if that, if that's the ultimate piece, but yeah. 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 And, and to seg segue that into, or bring that back into kind of a uh, couple, uh, couple them, you want to think, or think about it, or just relationship. I'm imagining that there's a, there's a lot of, um, there's so much benefit in, in softening that internal voice. Yeah. In terms of how that then, that, that affects how we relate, because especially when we get really intimate with another, it's like, it's so it's it's so intertwined like our own our own self-relationship starts to just it so so quickly uh, affects the other so the more self-accepting we are the more self-compassionate we are the kinder we are to ourselves the more easy it is just to do that for the other yeah. i think absolutely and the other thing that i would say about that is that often so this is a tricky one because I actually think this is one of the roles that we play for each other when we are intimate. What, again, whether that's a sexual or romantic relationship or just the people that we are actually deeply intimate with. Okay. Um, and when I don't like a part of myself or I think something is not okay in me, I will often demand that those closest to me accept it so that I can accept it in myself. <laughs> and so when I have that passion, I actually begin to remove the demand. No, you have to find me sexy when I'm needy because that's just part of me. And, but actually it's just like, Oh, I'm like, I'm so ashamed and I hate that part of myself. So I'm, I'm kind of begging and demanding that you accept welcome and create space for that because then I don't have to feel what I feel in contact with that part of myself. And that's one of the places that I think a lot of tension comes up, especially I would say in like romantic, sexual, intimate relationships. Um, but even real long-term friendships, you know, or things like sure. that. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a, that's a, a, a great frame for that. And I mean, it's so, it's so present and it's so present in all of us. Right. And, and, and it, I mean, it, there's, there's a paradox there, or at least from my view, it, it seems in that there's, there's a natural tendency to look to the other for some, so for some degree of support in that process. I mean, just in our, you know, Absolutely. just in our attachment system, it's like we, we, you know, because we're so we're so fundamentally social, we so want the other to um, give us a little, a little leg up in this difficult work of accepting our neediness or our um, 
I don't know, even our, our bigness, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole, the whole range, like anything in there that, and and there are some that come up a lot, but again, it's like in our own unique system, whatever it is, that's hard for us to hold about ourselves. And, and I, again, I think that's why it's sort of this nuanced piece is that it's, that it's never about becoming an island unto oneself so that we don't want or need anything from another. But, uh, but removing like the demand mm-hmm. is different than that I, that I don't want or, or even in some place need like, Oh, um, I think about there, there can be a real difference in being like, God, I just feel like so needy. Could you give me some assurance right now from the underhanded ways that we go about like, okay, so, so, you know, I'm doing this thing. Cause then you're supposed to say, and I kind of hate that I'm even doing the thing because I don't I don't want to need you to say the thing, but you need to say the thing. But it's mostly underhanded, um, which is where I think that then that demand comes in, and also that it's often hidden. You know, it's just it's it's fairly rare. I mean, certainly people we get better and better at it, but it's fairly rare to just be like, oh, like fuck, like I'm so needy, or I'm just just having a really hard time today, and it would help so much if you could you just like. Could you tell me I'm pretty? You know, could you tell me you think I did a good job on something? What do you love about me? <laughs> right, right. That's a that's a, that, I love that distinction. Yeah, and and I mean to add on to that, right? Is it's it's also a different a different situation if that's like that's kind of, that's kind of our agreement. We'll do that for each other. Like when we're really low, right. like I'll, I'm I'm gonna I might just come to you and say like you know and you know I would love for you just to buoy me up here. Cause I'm really going into this narrative that I just like suck at what I'm doing, whatever it is. And sure. I'll yeah. do that for you because you'll do that for me. And it's not, that's not codependent. That's just like a, a pretty smart arrangement, like a co-regulational arrangement that, that can work. As long as I it works. Go ahead. No, what were you saying? I, don't I just think it's so important that you were distinguishing codependence. Because I, I mean, I've even said this to clients. They're like, "Oh, I know we were being codependent." I'm like, "Actually, it just sounds like you care about each other, <laughs> right. and that's healthy because you're in a long-term partnership." I I would hope that you do care about each other. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm just noticing that so much. It's like there's this phobia around, you know, being codependent, being, you know, yeah. Um, and there, there's all this self-diagnosis around it that's really um, just kind of disturbing to me, actually. Just because, yeah, you know, like you said, it's like that's not, it's not codependent. That's just two people. Yeah, like you said, two people caring for each other. Yeah, and it. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes me think of the. I don't know the. My, yeah, it's it's my my own kind of sense of how it, it seems like we're we're as culture kind of does kind of pendulum swinging. Like there was a lot of like so much like marriage is this, and we have to show up for each other even if we don't want to anymore. And we're married together for forty years, and then there's like fuck that. Like I need my you know we need independence. We need to come into ourselves. We need to know who we are. We need to you know hold ourselves through stuff and personal growth. And now kind of coming back into like, well, that's kind of not the whole 
the whole deal. How, do you know what I'm yes. saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, completely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 How do you see, how do you, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing you as kind of like an usher, usher of like this, the, the more nuanced and more nuanced reality. Would you see yourself as such? Um, I would certainly like to think that. <laughs> um, I do think that I, something that I'm really good at is is holding things that seem like they're at odds and and really seeing how they can both be true. And I do think that goes along with this piece that you're saying, like, oh, e- even around, again, this idea of being in relationship, I think a lot of times, um, I mean, there's a few pieces to this, but we have this, it's almost like needs, wants and needs, you know, or like a pie. And if you're if I'm not getting my needs met, you must be getting your needs met rather than like, well, maybe nobody is, or maybe or just this and just really getting curious. Or if two people who want to be together have different needs in an area rather than like, well, I guess that's the end of the story. It's like, Oh, like, so you are wanting this and you are wanting that. And can we just be with that? Somebody you love wants something different than you. And you don't want to give something to somebody you love, you know? And so be that that's like the starting point is can we hold these things that seem like they're in opposition simply as both true? Do you, are you running into some, something like that uh, in your own relationship currently? Is there, is there anything that feels like it's uh, contradictory or just, yeah. That's a great question. Um, I don't know that that there's something specific in this moment, but it it's definitely one of those areas that I bring like conscious awareness to on a regular basis because it's so easy for me. Like if I feel overworked or if I think to just automatically assume somehow he's not doing enough or I'm not getting, so he must be. And then I, and to be able to just pull back and be like, so something's off in the field, but we might both be feeling undernourished. And so then to, if I, if I, then I take it out of the realm of like, I need to somehow figure out how to get my needs met because mine aren't getting met. So clearly his must be Um, almost always like some solution just becomes more clear when I'm more like, okay, so how do we as a system function more smoothly? And this isn't exactly, but I do want to give a specific example. Um, it's not exactly what you were asking, but the, I, mean, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, but we were just in like a lower place. Like definitely this past year in particular, I mean, it's been an intense time because we moved in together but onto the same property in December of 2019. And then, you know, by March of 2020, we were in shelter in place. Both our kids were home. I mean, I have two kids from two different men. So I have one from my current partner, one from a past partner. But both kids were like on the property all the time, not going to school. We were trying to like figure that out. You know, so just like a lot happened in that time. And um, and we had some really beautiful times of working together, creating like a whole garden and 
And then other times where it was like, we need space. How are we going to figure out the space situation and, and what have you? But we were, there was just this lo- lower period. And I was so grateful, again, to be able to look to step back and realize it's not that I'm unhappy with him. I'm just unhappy right now. And first of all, even to be able to go like, I'm not happy right now. And that actually doesn't mean anything's wrong in my life. <laughs> I'm, all it means actually is I'm not happy right now. <laughs> it's kind of a revolution. And then, to, and he wasn't happy. He just wasn't that happy either. Like it was, it was one of those darker, rainier, colder, too much going on, everybody cranky, like who knows what, right? But he was like not happy. I was not happy. And so when we were together, we were not happy together. But it wasn't because we weren't happy with each other. We were just unhappy together. And I was like, oh, like I could just take my hands off it and recognize that, that again, it didn't mean anything was wrong. Which can then just change the whole tenor of how we be together. That's a beautiful example. Yeah. And it's, a yeah, I just think it's a real valuable one just to... Uh, give give folks a, a sense of what it looks like to what you're really describing, you know, is, is to develop a certain kind of re- reflective or, you know, space, you know, like stepping back and like looking at the moment rather than fusing with a mind that's just going to go right into like, what's wrong? How do we fix it? Is it him? You know, or is it me? Is it, um, which can really just cement a, a moment, right? It could be just a, it, it's, it could be a phase of a relationship, could be a phase of a, of a particular person. Um, yeah, that's that's honestly pretty helpful to me because that you know I, to name that. I'm, I'm thinking my own version at times is 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 when my wife is really um, it's kind of a mini version, but is 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 really. F- feeling a lot she just feels so much and she's just in it and she's you know and it's um as being someone kind of sensitive uh i mean i honestly think we're all sensitive like so i'm a human as a human being like i'm experiencing yes. this like storm you know and i was there's always this mind that's like god i don't know about her <laughs> You know, this part of me. <laughs> I don't know if I made the right call here, you know. But now it's kind of actually kind of comical at me because it's so it's kind of just recurrent, you know. It's like whenever that is, that mind pops up. It's so it's so responding to that moment. You know, and more and more hopefully I'm you know, I'm developing an ability to just have a kind of meta witness of the moment. You know. And that's the beauty of long-term relationship too, is we can see these cycles too. We can see like, oh, we always come, we come back, we come back. Like it's, and it's okay. It gets a little crazy. It gets a little painful. Um, uh, but we find our way back. Yes. And I think this isn't exactly what you were talking about but but related to that and then kind of related to what I said is this piece that I do see a lot in people is uh, sort of like an unconscious habit of wanting to 
energetically mirror their partner. So I was talking about my partner and I both, we, we, we were actually, we were in kind of the same place. We were like, hmm, not just not digging like what's life right now. <laughs> but there are times, for instance, where he will be like not digging life and I feel great. And, and either like, oh, I have to go to, in order to be connected to him, do I have to go like down, which then I might just might not feel good. And then the whole system doesn't feel good. Or I also see a lot, then people resent that person. Like, why do I have to be unhappy? Cause you're unhappy. And I'm like, you know, spoiler, you don't. <laughs> right. And, or that, 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 that people often don't know how to stay connected while not energetically mirroring. So do I care where he's at? Absolutely. I care. And like, Oh, I'm like, so sorry, babe. Sorry. It's really hard right now. And I totally care about you. And I don't have to remove myself emotionally, physically, energetically, nor do I have to hide the fact that like, actually my life is great. I feel really good. I'm so sorry. It's really hard for you. <laughs> And and that that can also create a lot more space in relationships. Space, or it just sounds like a, a central because, right? You're just you're it's a recipe for resentment, like you're pointing to. There is that. Oh, I've got to shelf it, you know. Um, yeah, and I want to kind of come back to this. Uh, some maybe more kind of nitty gritty about like relationship design and it's kind of building on what I said a kind of moment ago about the long term, like, and what you were kind of pointing to, you know, you're, you're going through a season together and I'm curious what you, how you think about, or even how you teach about um, how a, how maybe in this case, a, a couple, two people can, can co-create a container for a period of time so that, so that they can move through some of those seasons and not prematurely come to try and come to conclusions about whether this is a viable relationship or not. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, is that enough of a question-ish? I think so. Yeah, feel free to like pause me and just say like, oh, actually, you know, I want to go that direction. But what what I what I take from that, like where I would go with that, is first of all, I love the question, um, and the and the first thing that I want to say is actually slightly off topic of what you asked. But in the last Relationship by Design Fundamentals class, there was a woman who asked the question towards the end. She was like, how do I shift dynamics within my long-term relationship, like with a person that I love and I want to stay with? And yeah, how, how do I start? And I, and I basically said the first thing, and we talked about that, this earlier in this call, but specifically in relation to this and I only was working with her right her partner was in in the in the program but again I think we actually have so much power individually and we often think like oh I need all this buy-in we have to do the work together and while that can be really beautiful a lot of times we have a lot of power in our own selves 
And I basically said the first thing that I would recommend is that she she get again really honest and describe the relationship like she was describing like a landscape. So again, we remove judgment around like, I like this, I don't like this. It's just like, oh, there's this little rise here and then it gets really grassy over here and then there's a burbling brook here and then there's a rock right here. And then we just describe the landscape, the lay of the land. It includes the roles we play. It includes how we relate to each other. It includes the habits, you know, ours and their, just like, what do we see? And that's the first place to start and go, well, do I really like that rock in the middle of the pathway? Like, I don't, we don't even have to, you know, it's not like, well, you put it there, you know, you should take it away. <laughs> it's just like, who knows how the fuck the rock got there. At this point, if we describe the landscape of our relationship, there is a rock in the middle of this path and we, and I don't like it. Uh, or we might decide like, actually, we really like it and we're going to build a path around it. You know I mean? However you relate to this, but is first, it's just the lay of the land. And then from there, there's that way to go and be like, hey, because then often we'll, we will assume we'll be like, well, they must have put that rock there. So I guess they must like it. So I guess I have to figure out how to put up with it or some, or we just go and complain to them. Like, why did you put that rock there? And they're like, you know, first of all, what rock? Second of all, I didn't put it there. You know, who knows? But then we can go and we can be like, hey, I'm so curious. I, I, you know, I just really noticed there's this rock in the middle of the path and I'm wondering, you know, how, how you feel about it, which you know, like, like I'm noticing it's really uncomfortable for me or I'm having a hard time not tripping over it. And I would love it if we could dot, 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 right. And we get in collaboration. Mm-hmm. But what I would say in response to like your specific piece around like, how do we create container? So again, some of that is very personal and, and I, and again, I'll just say it for my own self, like in my relationship, I mean, do have we had agreements? Absolutely. But there are also times where I have just worked with my own capacity to stay. And I basically came, I bumped up against my own habit of leaving, but I blamed it on him. So he would say, oh, this is really hard, or I don't know why we're doing this or anything like that. And I'd be like, I guess it's over. But I was the one every time who said, I, I guess it's over. And he never said that, even though, you know, so I, but I would point to his behavior and I would say like, I guess he's ending it. I was like, oh, I eject, you know, when I get scared, when I get uncomfortable and I really made this, I was just like, okay, what is it like to stay no matter what? So some of what I think what you're pointing to is personal container, like personal commitment. Yes. You know, actually, even if this person says like, I'm sick of you. Right. It's just like I've made a, a commitment to like, like, I'm going to find out what it is to stay in relationship through what might even seem like they don't like me. I don't know. <laughs> and and find out what's there. I do think. That. It can often serve like for two, if, you know, if there is that space, it can serve sometimes to know that there is someone else holding the container, right? So if people come to me, for instance, to work as a couple, it can actually help to make some sort of agreement in the space of another person or with a, with a coach or with a teacher that says, 
we are committed to working through things for a period of time because we want to find out what happens inside that space. And while I think people can absolutely do that together, like they can make a commitment to each other in that way, it can help to have a person who reflects in the, in the challenging moments who says, there was actually a really good reason. These are all the reasons you said you wanted to work through this for a period of time because you noticed this and because you saw this and because of this. And, you know, is it still worth it to you to see that through? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, or, or they, they just have that or, or they come, they come to that on their own uh, between the two of them too. Right. I mean, in terms of, um, an, an agreement, a, a a, vi a vision for this relationship. We're going to do this, and this is what it's going to look like. This is the kind of practices that we want to hold, and um, these are the the kind of principles that we want to have guide guiding us, so that when we get really like under resourced, we have at least something that we're like, oh yeah, that's that's what we're about. Something like that. Yes. So I think absolutely, like two people can come to that together. And um, two things that I think are essential. One is even beyond this is the vision we're going to return to when things get hard is and how are we going to relate to each other when things get hard? Like, actually, right. this is how we're going to talk to each other. This is how we take space. This is that when we say, I'm not going to talk right now, that we we agree that we will come back and talk. Like we actually have to, it's like planning for worst case scenario. And by worst case scenario, I don't oh, mean splitting up. I mean, just acknowledging like it's probably going to go shitty at some point because we're human. <laughs> um, and so within that container, like you're talking, is setting up some it's like protocol almost, you know, even less like than agreements. It's sort of like, this is the protocol when I don't like you, you know, dot, that, that just like, it trips the wire for this protocol. You know, if someone yells, it trips the wire for this protocol. You know, if someone storms out, it trips the wire for, I don't and, and you have to um, recognize like your own particular habits. So, right. Some, some couple, they might be like very passionate, big yellers. And that's the thing they have to take in another one. You know, it's going to be actually systems like, oh, when I, when I start to withdraw, or if I notice that you're withdrawing, right, these are the protocols that get tripped in. And some of that comes back to the second thing I would say, which is that even when we're coming to these agreements as a couple, I believe it's, it's essential that individuals make commitments to themselves about what they are committed to no matter what. So they're not things like stay no matter what, but they are things like, um, you know, that like, like I will not yell. And we might make an agreement with each other that we won't yell, but like then say you and I, and then you say you start yelling. I'm like, well, then I'm gonna yell right back. But if I've made a commitment to myself, I will do whatever I have to do not to yell that that sort of triggers this other piece, which is, which is, you know, maybe I need to walk away. I'll be back in five minutes because I have committed. I will not, you know, degrade you. I will not call you names I'll, or, or I will not leave, right. I won't like leave the room. Maybe that's my thing. And so what do I have to do so that I don't leave the room? <laughs> uh -huh. 
so there are personal commitments inside relational commitments. Yeah, I like that because it's um, it's it's countering that so very human tendency that just kicks in like, well, you're yelling, right? You're, you know, you stormed out or you, you know, rather than like, like, uh, and I can, you know, unfortunately listeners can't see your, your body motions, but they're really supportive to what you're communicating. I just feel it. Like, it's like this, this core, like in, in your core of you, you've come clear. Like, it's, it's not debatable. It's not, you're not going to get caught in this kind of the subterfuge of this, of, of what's happening with them in the moment. Like you have your principles, how you want to show up in a relationship and they're clear. You've thought about exactly. them and yeah, and that's where you go. That's, that's your commitment that you go to them in moments, even if it's hard, of course you're going to, not at times but it's a hopefully more and more your batting average kind of increases and then that's the compassion piece that we talked about right like oh you know i i did a thing i said i wouldn't do right i apologize to myself i apologize to you you know like and then okay now now i take a step Mm -hmm. forward in this moment Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and there's, I mean, they're, they're kind of getting in the, the, there's always caveats around everything, right, human, but I'm just thinking of like the, the kind of the caveat of if you continue to uphold these kind of principles, you know, and they're, they're just continuing to not, right, there does come this point of like, you know, this doesn't, like, this doesn't, this doesn't work, like, either, either, either you change this behavior uh, or I can't, I can't continue to be in this, in this, in this relationship in this, in this way. Which is honestly why, like part of why I really liked the initial question on it is, um, and why I'm so committed to that piece of having yourself, like your self commitments. Because one is that I think that people often, I mean, certainly there's the thing of just staying too long and not recognizing the time. But also I think that people often don't stay deeply committed long enough. Like I'm really here. So we're going to say six months, right? I'm going to actually give it six months where I give it everything I've got. And, And then at the end, you know, that really gives us that place where it's like, oh, if I've seen for six months that you regularly break your commitment to myself or you don't respond, then, then I'm like, then it's clear. And I can actually move forward with a really clear conscience. Like I, I really showed up and I, and I showed up for the person that I'm committed to being, whether I'm in relationship, whether I'm out of relationship, whether people are kind to me, whether they treat me the way that I think they should, whether they don't like, like if I can really stand in that place you know, we give we give other people the opportunity to step forward and meet us in that place. And we give them the opportunity to really show us if they can't. Yeah. I mean, I can't help but throw in, I'm a sort of a student of Stan Tacken, psychobiological approach to couples therapy, you know, and he's got this big thing around like, you also got to like become an expert uh, on this person, right, over time in terms of, of you don't have to be, but that's supportive to like a real functional, like a, like a high, like a, 
um, secure functioning relationship, right? So in that you, you show up, yes, and you're like studying, you're kind of observing this animal that's like, oh, they need, they need this sometimes to feel safe, right? Because they're really different than me. Like they sometimes just need me to grab them by the hand and take them to bed at night because otherwise they'll just stay up on the computer all night sometimes. Like there, that there, that there can be this other thing that we start to develop that is, that, that is, uh, um, I guess a, a bit more in like a bit more managing this other person. Curious what you've come across in your own life or working with people in the, on, on that theme. I, I would definitely say that I, that I agree with that. I, again, I think it's one of those very nuanced places and it's very personal. Um, and it's one of those tricky places where, again, it's like, is that codependent? People will say, is that codependent? Or like, isn't that infantilizing them or these things? And I'm like, no, this is literally what we do for each other as human beings, right? When we put food in front of each other and we say it's time to go to bed and we, and, and we, we get to do that rather than like, oh, I have to do that for this person. Like they can't manage their own life. Of course they can. Of course they can. You know, they did it for, you know, decades before they ever met you. <laughs> right. But, but there's like, oh, we get to. this is actually one of the ways we get to love each other. So if we treat it like an I have to, or why am I always, or, you know, if if that comes into play, I would say it's not generous, it's not a gift, and we should probably stop, you know, until we can find what is a a genuine, generous gift. Like, I was like happy to make my partner a sandwich today. I was like hoping he hadn't made his own food yet. And I was like, oh, I want to get this, you know, because because I want to. Do I? Is it my job to make him food? No, I just like to love him like that. Mm-hmm. And I love it, and he loves me like that. You know, I just like show up and put food in front of me, and we get right. to love each other like this. Yeah, yeah, that's the difference. That's what makes it not codependent. It's 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 just becoming better at that endless. I mean, it's endless. Like how we, that, that's an amazing thing about relationships is that the other is um, always, I mean, really observing them, really interacting with them and not just falling into just the just story of them. I mean, they're, they're infinitely complex. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Anything you want to close with or share for me? our time together i just love that last thing that you said about they're infinitely complex so curiosity is one of the foundations that's in the relationship by design fundamental it's one of the fundamentals it's one of the foundations (laughs) of relationship by design fundamentals and it's for exactly what you said and and again i think it's when when we can honestly when we can take this on in our lives just with anyone like including our own self and just be like oh i wonder like i wonder who you are today and i wonder what i can learn about you or i wonder and be infinitely curious life and relationship just become much more interesting and, and again, it's like we were saying, we take it out of the realm of obligation 
I have to learn something about you. I don't know, this this sort of a thing, and more into the realm of like wonder and awe. And and especially at this age that we live in, where in so many functional ways, we do not have to be in relationship anymore. We do not need each other for survival in, in any way, you know, and and we so it's 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 basically choosing each other more and more and there's no sort of no more fun way to do it than like gosh what if what if you were a being to be in awe of yeah it's a beautiful beautiful way way to end well it's been really sweet to just see where our hearts and minds go together today Kendra really enjoyed it yeah likewise (laughs) yeah um so people can find you at What's your website? Ken. It's kendrakunov.com. Okay. And Maybe. I always like to, I was like I always like to say the great thing about having the name Kendra Kunov is like I'm easy to find on Instagram, I'm easy to find on Facebook, I'm easy to find on the internet. Like there's just really not many of us. <laughs> totally. And do you have do you have a is that the program you're currently offering is the uh, relationship design course? Is that in the works right now? No. I mean, yeah, I mean, what's about to start right now is the no man diet, but it, by the time this goes out, it'll probably be closed. Um, so there's, I mean, there's a bunch of fun things coming up. I have a program called Beyond Boundaries, and then I will later this year offer Relationship by Design Fundamentals again. Um, so mostly people should just go to my website and tootle around. Yeah. Sounds great. Thanks for all the awesome work you're doing in the world. It's really inspiring. Yeah, Yeah, thank you so much. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. I could talk to her for a while. Uh, Really, it's easy just to drop into that spacious, uh, kind presence and just see, see what comes up between the two of us and uh look forward to having her again back on the show so if you are interested in being more part of the the community so to speak of uh of folks that are are earnestly uh curiously looking at what it means to be in a healthy and thriving relationship you can join me us uh at ryan Ginn coaching it's on facebook do lives there and increasingly uh, fielding questions and offering support because it's not easy out there as you probably are well aware and we can use all the support we uh, we can get I believe so look forward to seeing you there and look forward to the next time we meet. Mm-hmm.